Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. AXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to a Tuesday here on Miller and Mr. Monday Night. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. You can't win them all. You can't win them all, and you had no chance to win last night. No. That did, uh, when Trevor Simeon, who you were relying on to mm-hmm. carry you to victory, went out of the game. And by the way, I was surprised he was able to walk off the field. Yes, absolutely. He got, uh, it was Garrett, right, that got him mm-hmm. uh, in, uh, in the game last night. Anyways, lots of ground to cover. Glad you're with us uh, here on a Tuesday. It's Miller and Condon coming up on the D, uh, the uh, BMW of Des Moines guest list here today. Brian Walton, we're going to talk Cardinals. Promise we would and we will. Got through Cyhawk while Brian Walton on right now every week until, well, the end of the uh, the Cardinals season as the Cardinals find themselves in first place again. The Nationals in a real dogfight. Uh, we're unable to get past the Redbirds last night. We'll talk Cardinals with Brian Walton uh, cl- approximately 10.30. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. He was all fired up about the game last night. He's a Northwestern grad and covers the NFL for SportingNews.com. One of his own, Trevor Simeon, was going to start and... He did. He didn't finish the game. And then Zubin Mahente will join us. He's on vacation, but good enough to give us a few minutes. He's in Idaho. Why Zubin gets around when he goes vacationing. on vacation? I mean, Ole Miss, right? Mississippi. Yeah. He was hanging out in Oxford. He's come over. He's come back here. To Des Moines, Idaho. Not exactly the destinations that you'd normally anticipate for a ESPN front-facing talent. Well, let's get away. I think they'd be heading to, you know. Beach. Beach, Yes. Maybe over to Europe, do something like right. that. No, he's going to Idaho, Des Moines, and Oxford, Mississippi. Yeah, well, good for him. So we'll we'll uh, go around the world of sports as we always do with Zubin uh, in the 11 o'clock hour. I want to overreact in the 11 o'clock hour as well. Oh, really? Yeah, well, what the heck? We're two games in the NFL season. Oh, you ready to throw uh, some dirt on some teams? Yeah, let's buy or sell. I mean, okay. You know, the 2-0 and o teams for sure. Yes. That's because there's some fake ones. I still think the most fake team in football right now. And you, your point's well taken on the Gophers. Mm. You know, last year they're not 3-0. and o. They no, lose those games, which is a you know half-full way of looking at it. But uh, we'll do the same uh, with the... Uh, uh, with some of the unbeaten NFL teams, at least to start the season, then we'll try and find a winless one that may get back into it. So I know you still read the newspaper. You still for another week, and then it's over. And then it's over. Mm-hmm. Do you still go through the agate type? You know, in the third, fourth, fifth page where you have the standings of everything. Yeah. You still look through those. Absolutely, I'm the but, same. But way. you know, here's the bad part about it. they're not current. They're not updated. Right. Well, I was doing that. I picked up a paper yesterday. It was USA Today, and I was looking at the NFL standings. Uh-huh. And then looking at the plus minus points for and points against, and looking at the Patriots at the top, <laughs> plus seventy three on the year, seventy six to three, and then looking at the bottom and what you have with the Dolphins, ten to one oh two. Jesus. 
We're two games into the year. I know, Trent. And there's and they I mean uh, Minka Fitzpatrick is now a Steeler. They're already selling off all their guys. Uh, Tunsil the week before, whatever it was, ten days ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are um, building up first round picks. They're going to get the first overall, you would think, too. Unfortunately for him, is going to be a Dolphin. But you know what? If they do stockpile all these picks, maybe there is a turnaround and he's at the forefront of it. Um, but the bad news is is the Jets are in the same division. They've got to play each other twice. Trent, that's an awful football team. They are. Awful yeah. football team. They went out. They, they talked about the roster turnover a lot last night and, what, 52% of the roster wasn't even there a year ago, so what they're going through at that point. It's going to be a long rebuild, it Oof. looks like, certainly for them. And you know, to the point with these really, really bad teams, we've seen tanking, obviously, in the NBA for years. I mean, if you really want to make the argument, you can go all the way back to the 80s and, and when tanking you know, became a big thing, tanking for Akeem Olajuwon and that route, which we're talking, what, 35 years ago? Mm. I guess that was happening. But it's been an NBA conversation for a very long so time. So did that precede the lottery then, the tanking? It did, It had yes. to have, yeah, because yeah. lottery the great equalizer when it comes to that. At least you like to that think. That was, I believe, the following year with Patrick Ewing and the frozen envelope, mm, right? Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. The, fro- right, the, the frozen right. envelope to get Patrick Ewing to New York. But as you look, baseball teams are, when they burn it down, they really burn it down. The payoff isn't as quick. The rebuild takes a lot longer because just of the way the baseball is set yeah, up. Yeah, you don't see or very seldom do you see guys burst into the year or burst into the league their very first year. But is this going to become a more prevalent conversation in the NFL? So you want you think that they should put him implement a lottery? Well, it, didn't if, we didn't they talk about that after last year's draft? There's didn't, been rumblings yeah, at times, has. but nothing that has gained. I don't think a whole lot of traction or steam behind it. But if we continue to see this, and we see some awful teams that are selling off parts like Miami Ugh. is and, and rosters that you can tell they're not trying for this year, they're not trying for next year, they're building for three, four years like down the road. It's like a strike your roster. Yeah. Replacement team. Speaking I mean, of, these guys are awful. The last There's two point spreads over 17 points this week in the NFL. Jets and the Dolphins, I'm assuming, are involved in both. The last time that happened, 1987, strike year. Is that a fact? When teams were jumping the picket line mm. and some players were coming back and some weren't. Last time you saw that. That shows you the great divide here oh. between the haves and the haves-nots in the NFL. I think just something worth monitoring maybe going forward. No, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. And look at who wins in that. The, the New England Patriots again. And <laughs> you got to feel bad for them. And it's good that they, uh, they're they finally catching a break by having those two uh, have-nots, also Rands, if you want, uh, in their division. Trent, I'll be honest, uh, and I can't remember um, tuning out of a Monday night football It's because I just love it. Mm-hmm. Um as, as early as I did last night, and I, I mean, I would go back to it sporadically, but when Simeon got out or got knocked out, I, for the most part, was done. Um, you know, uh, uh, I mean, Odell Beckham, what, what, the, the, I, what was more impressive? The run after the catch or the one-handed ball on the uh, right just outside the right-hand corner of the end zone? I think there was the wide, one-handed catch. That's where honestly, I was. Because he was covered. Yes, that was incredible. And seeing him and Jarvis Landry together and... Uh-huh. They are an entertaining entertaining team to watch. Five times entertaining in the course of a year. Maybe that'll be too much, but yeah. we'll see them again next week. This coming week, Sunday Night Football, is where the Browns will be out there again. But maybe a, 
Can you prove a little something before we give them all these kind of did games? anoint them? No, what would Danny Green say? They crowned them a little early. Crown their ass. Yeah, they did crown their ass a little bit. So, anyways, I was over on baseball, and I feel like I was the winner last night because of that. Because I saw I didn't watch much of your Twins. They're playing the White Sox, and you know, Brios look good again. Danny, well, that's good to know. Yep, look pretty solid. Velocity has improved. That's good because that's what two or three in a row for him right now. They have to have him. yeah oh, God, any yeah. shot at all. Whoever it is, Astros, Yankees. They have to have Barrios be excellent and probably win two mm-hmm. games, more than likely, yeah, for them asking, to, to win a series. Asking a lot against those two heavy-heads yes. that you just mentioned. But the Cubs were fun to watch last night. I watched a ton of the Cardinals last night, knowing that we were going to have Brian Walton on here today and hadn't seen them uh, for a while. This Cardinal team, Trent, I mean, Hudson last night, their starting pitching has been so good during this stretch I mean, the starting pitching the St. Louis Cardinals, before the season started, you know, you're talking about some of the best rotations in baseball and even narrowing it down a little bit to the National League Central. You know, the Cardinals thought that they had a chance, but man, oh man, they're even Walker's pitching as you know what he off has right now, been, which is a shot, which is stunning to me. But they're getting timely hits. Azuna drove in every one of the runs last night. Uh, he's hitting the ball well. <sighs> Say what you want about this Cardinal team. They're not going away. No. They're not going away. Here's a question for you, Joe Madden. Uh, five, di- five days from now, who are you going to send to the bump when it's Cole Hamill's turn? Because you can't send him out anymore. You're ready he to pull it off? finished. Done. Like Eli Manning, done. And Eli Manning lost his gig here this morning. Daniel Jones is the new starting quarterback for the New York Giants. Cole Hamill's, Trent, he, they won't let him go through the lineup third, a third time. That's it. You get twice. Wherever you are, and last night it was three and a third, and he was kaput, done, out. Time for Chatwood. I think it is. I yeah. really believe that. I, th- I mean, Cole, he's got to give him as much a chance as Cole Hamels does. Kind of feels that way. To your mm-hmm. original point, the Cardinals numbers, this is over the last month, the last 30 days, these starting pitchers. 1.83 ERA for Hudson, he's 5-1. and 1.38 ERA for Flaherty, he's 4-2. and two. Wainwright, 2.51 ERA, he's 3-1. and one. Mikolas, 4.18, the highest. 2-0 still record. And then Waka, over the last 30 days, 2.36 ERA. Is that a fact? Every one of these guys wow. that nobody else has started a game and has been those five guys. Yeah. And think of that. At this point in the season, how important it is you're not relying on a quadruple-A guy. You're mm-hmm. not relying on a guy that you know can only get you. Maybe he'll get us two and a third. It's a bullpen and game. And it's a bullpen game and we'll go for it. None of that. We got five guys. We roll through those five guys and we come back around. And we roll through them again. The importance of that in September for the Cardinals and every one of them pitching well. Well, And, and here's the other thing. The Nationals are in town. And the Nationals yeah. need these games very badly as the Cubs close to within half a game. I mean, Corbin versus Miklas tonight, that's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Pretty damn good. Now, you Darvish is up against Sonny Gray, so I'll spend, you know, flip back and forth between those two. Uh, who goes for the uh, Twins tonight? Perez? Martin Perez, yeah. who, he, who might be starting a playoff game for them. Yeah, sadly. Look out. Yeah, look out is right. So the baseball was good last night. Yeah. Monday night football was um, was not. Uh, I Milwaukee know. won again too. We might have yeah, goes well. Throw the Brewers in this. Is they it, lost the best player on their team by a mile, and Bronze picked it up. I mean, I guess that's it, right? It's his teammates mm-hmm. that all of them has to do a little bit more now, at least to begin with. They they're all you know willing to pick up that slack. That's what can happen many times with an injury and something again this late in the season. If this happens in June, you know you're kaput. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just nothing that you're going to be able to do. Happens in September. This team played in the NLCS last year. They were no. a couple plays away from playing mm-hmm. in the World Series last year. There's plenty more talent than just Christian Yelich 
in this offense. And, hey, I need to pick it up now. I know we don't have our MVP. Could be something as simple as that. So the the Central Division, is there a chance that the all three, well, of course there is, uh, but what's the likelihood that all three of them make the playoffs? That would mean that the Nationals bow. Do you have the National schedule on there? I do, yes. You've got the National schedule in front of you? Yep. All right. Uh, what's it like? Do they have cakewalk down the stretch? It's okay. After this series with St. Louis, they go to Miami. Okay, well, that should be a sweep if they're, in, if they're any good. Then they're home for the Phillies. Get this, though. They have five games with the Phillies. Single game Monday, doubleheader Tuesday, game Wednesday, game, game Thursday. Wow. So I, you, could, you could say that the Phillies, they're five back of... Mm. of but ground. you got five games against the. Uh, well, I certainly hope. I know that the Brewers fans and the Cubs fans mm-hmm. are certainly rooting for the Phillies. Right. And then where do they finish? Cleveland at home. Mm. What a weird series, isn't that? Can't they just set that up every year to be the Marlins against? Because there has to be, of course, an <laughs> right. NL versus an AL. Marlins Detroit. There you go. Yes. <laughs> How much is Royals, the Royals Marlins? <laughs> right. Royals, yeah, the Royals because their farm team's systems building. But th- this year, yeah. how much does the get into Tigers Marlins? The old joke: put two tickets on my windshield. Showed up, there was four there. Yeah, I mean, it's, oh I don't think you'd have to pay. I don't think you'd would have either. to pay Just for the process. Throw the feet. gates open, right? Yeah. And hope that they make their money in concessions, right? Because who would want to go see that stinker? But you're right. I mean, you're going to start this. You're going to uh, game one, day one of the um, Major League Baseball schedule. There's going to be interleague play. It's the same as in day whatever we're at, 200 whatever. And Cleveland was the favorite in the Central. They were. The Nationals were one of the picks. I think the Braves were the betting favorite in the East. But, yeah, people but there was thought a lot of natty good. love out there. Trent. I was one of them. Uh-huh. I, I was all in and. Not going to have that payoff at the end of the regular season. Yeah, when up the here. schedule came out and you looked at the last uh, series, uh, what what possibly could be, mm-hmm. this was one that got your attention. But uh, all right, so uh, Milwaukee, do you have them? Go to the Brewers' schedule. What's their what's their finale? Are they done with the cards? They uh, well, they have three games here with the Padres still left. It's a four game series. Okay, then they have home for Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. at Cincinnati for three, mm-hmm. at Colorado for three. Not overly yeah, daunting. Not daunting at all. None of those teams are even sniffing the playoffs. Your last six are on the road, but what are the Reds in Colorado playing for outside mm-hmm. of their final stats on the back of the baseball card? It sets up pretty well. Cardinals, we know, have seven uh, against the Cubs. Mm-hmm. What's their other series? The Nationals, then they go to Cubville. They Cubs do. finish out their uh, their home portion of the regular season before they head out on the road. The Cardinals then go to Arizona Monday through Wednesday of next week. Okay. And then Friday Back through home. Sunday, home for the Cubs. Boy, the final weekend of the season, I know it's football crazed here in the state of Iowa, but Cubs cards, that final three game set, you know, if the, if the, it's two right now, if they can, you know, if it is one, two, if it stay, even if it stays at two. Sure. I mean, Friday night, Cardinals know if they, uh, if they win the baseball game, they're popping the corks. Mm-hmm. If it stays like, wow, this is going to be a fun weekend. I hate to wish this next week away, but my God. And we we got to look at scenarios. What happens, not only, of course, a tiebreaker for the division. What if there's a three-team tiebreaker oh for the division? All these one-off games just to get in, and then mm-hmm. the games afterwards, and the wild card, and on and on and on. This could be... A train wreck of epic proportions, and I love those things. <laughs> I do too. Trend October is the best month of the season, uh, best month calendar month of sports, in my opinion. I know there's March love out there. I just, 
I, I, I say it every year, just October just blows me away how good it is because I love October baseball. Uh, the hunt for October will be on. Both of the uh, the college football needle movers are into conference play at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NFL, you have a pretty good idea after four weeks if you're a contender or a pretender. Okay, for the very few of us out there, they're dropping the puck in arenas all over the National Football uh, National Hockey League. So that's pretty good. I mean, October's special. Slowed out over there. <laughs> With the last point? <laughs> yeah. Did I just blow my whole scenario? <laughs> Jeez, <gee. laughs> all right, you had me until... <laughs> right, right. I mean, you did to bring up the NBA. Come on. No, I didn't go that far. No, they don't, no. When do they start? Do they first week in November? I mean, I know the training camps will yes, be underway. Yes, in October, and I can't even remember. I know the regular season. Didn't it start yeah, in October last year? I think it did start year? in October yes. last year, now that you mention it. Nick if you're Nurse. one of those people that enjoys the October basketball, here yeah. you go. You're going to get it. Will we talk about it? No, we won't. No, I know no. the answer about that already. Well, the day before Christmas, our final show before Christmas, we'll put it in the claxons, maybe. <laughs> that'll be our first look at the NBA. Well, and I think a lot of that will depend on how the seasons end up for Iowa and Iowa State. I still, as we still look back a final day here before we yeah. push forward, anything change in your mind for these teams? Yes, uh, Iowa State's in deep water, and the reason I say that is because the conference is better. That's what that's my biggest one of my biggest takeaways from college football so far this year. Those games that you thought are, and I'm not saying Kansas is going to beat them or Kansas State. But the team, uh, they'll beat Texas Tech. You see Bowman's out six to eight weeks? I did see that. Ooh, yeah, I haven't been fantasy. That so, good. Oh, you, you, did you? Yes. Um, so the Big 12 is, the bottom of the Big 12 is better than it's been in a long time. Kansas, they're not a joke. No, they're not. I mean, you, you're going on the road and you're winning. Again, the ACC is not very good, but Boston College is okay. They win usually. seven games every single every year. Every year, right. They go seven and six. They're either six and six going to the bowl uh-huh. game and win. Or they're seven and five. Right. They lose the bowl game and they finish seven and six. And Adazio is on for another season. That's a good point. K State. I mean, they thumped Mississippi State. West Virginia. Neil West Brown, Virginia had a one. nice. You win. get off to that slow start. Mm-hmm. Barely get by James Madison, who is a very good FCS team, but still mm-hmm. barely get by that one. And then Week they got pasted awful. right, and then yeah. come back and beat NC State. And then they beat NC State and do it handily. Uh-huh. And that offense looked incredibly good. And in Iowa that State's got to go there. So yes. my, back to my original point, where I was going, is look, I said. That eight and four was the right number. We looked at each other and said, "You can't do that." I mean, who wants to go? Mm-hmm. You, you know what to get off the pot. So I went the other way. I went nine. I wish I would have gone seven and five because I think that's more likely just because of the depth in the Big Twelve. And during most of the spring and summer, when we were talking Iowa State at that time, we had a win in the game Saturday against yes, Iowa. We did. We had that in the W column. Right. Now that obviously is not the case. Mm-hmm. It's in the L column. Oklahoma State, a team that I did like, you were a little slower. To I didn't come know about on Sanders. Yeah. yeah, I love Chubba. We're, but... we're going to learn a lot about them this week mm-hmm. with Texas and yep. see. And that's in prime time too. Is it? Yes. Oh, nice, like that a lot. Right. Seven o'clock game there. I think six thirty, but still six thirty okay. football. Yeah. K State has looked really good. Yes. Watched bits and pieces of that game on Saturday, and I, I thought that win on the road in Mississippi State, even with the losses that the Bulldogs had last year, that was impressive. Is top to bottom the Big 12 the best conference in college football right now? Top to bottom. I mean, the bottom was going to be awful. Kansas mm-hmm. isn't awful. Kansas is going to finish last, well, but what, they're going to win four games. Of the Power Five, what's fifth? Is it the Pac-12 or the ACC? I think the ACC, there's one team. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the rankings right now, and I don't buy the fact that the that the Pac-12 is deserving of all those teams that they have uh, currently ranked. I think it would be five ACC, despite the fact that is Clemson the best team in college football? Yeah, you think they are yes. still? Yeah, I do. Yeah, 
that defense, the performances they put up mm-hmm. so far. I mean, Texas A&M couldn't do a thing against right. them. Right. Couldn't move the football. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's as foregone conclusion, maybe. I still need to see more, but I'll, I'll, I'll go with and you And it's there. hard to read, get much of a read on Alabama. They played Duke, sold, New Mexico, South Carolina. Yeah, can't run the football. Who is playing without, you know, their quarterback for the last three yeah. years in Jake Bentley. Belinsky's done a nice job. He there. has, yeah. yeah. It's a good story, and he, and he played story. very well. Yeah. Their cover the yesterday, our Saturday, too, was just a one-off. The, I mean, that was bizarre. So, um, ACC 5. ACC 5, Pac-12-4. Pac-12 four. Four. 3 is... It's a Big 10, Big 12 conversation. Is that what it is? Do you still have the SEC at the top? I don't know. LSU, yeah, I think you have to with LSU and Georgia yeah, and Alabama. Yeah. yeah, I think you do. And even Florida finding a way. They're not the ninth best team in the country no, as they're currently ranked. No, they had a crazy cover too on they the did. weekend. Yes. Um, Big 12-2. Here's the thing. The Big 10 West, we thought it was so close. Mm-hmm. I mean, TC went in and spanked Purdue in West Lafayette. Yes. Spanked them. Um so maybe Michigan the, State, not as good no. as we thought that they were going but to be. But Penn breed. State looks a lot better than I anticipated. True. Uh, rivalry game against Pitt. Clifford's okay at quarterback. Mm-hmm. I would go, yeah, I'm going to go Big 12-2, Big 10-3. Is and that SEC unfair? I don't think so at all. And so, therefore, um, I don't think Iowa State will win nine football games. I can't say they're going to stick eight because that was number four. So I think I would go seven. Iowa, on the other hand, is better than I thought they were going to be. There's more depth at the receiver position. You were right. I was wrong. And that was not even taking Oliver Martin no. into consideration because no. he's not seeing the field. Play two snaps. Right. And I don't know if he's playing. He's not seeing the field because he doesn't know the system or there's better guys in front of him. Or maybe he's still banged up. Or maybe. Had the shoulder injury during August or see, camp. Or still banged up. And okay. that could be a, a point of it, too. You know, by week here and then mid-Tennessee, of course, before the Michigan game, if there is a time to go out there and have them play 25 snaps, it's that game. Mm-hmm. You want to have them be ready for Michigan, that's the time. Now, if we see him go out there and he plays two, seven, eight snaps, whatever it is, against Middle Tennessee, I think everybody needs to completely reconfigure their expectations for Oliver Martin. Speaking of expectations, Iowa. Now, with what we've seen of these teams and that daunting road schedule, mm-hmm. five difficult games. Don't look as one. unwinnable as I thought that they were going to be, Trent. Northwestern certainly down looks to be in the winnable category. I don't know. I have no idea how Hunter Johnson got five stars beside his name. Purdue, though that was a home game, mm. I I lean more after what we've seen Brom do yep. to Iowa the last two years. I had that in loss column right. for Iowa. Now, right. that's back in the win Absolutely. Column. Minnesota, who I thought was going to win the West. Mm-hmm. Trent, the it's in Kinnick. Yeah, I'm not saying yeah. Minnesota won't beat Iowa. The, the the Gopher team that I've seen the first three weeks will not beat this Hawkeye team. You had an L at the end of the year on Black Friday against Nebraska. Did. If you could flip that right now, you got a have to. mulligan. Yes, put in a win column Absolutely. for Iowa. I think this closer. This team is closer to nine and three, ten and two. Mm-hmm. And to begin the year, I was six and six, seven and five. This very well could be tight game against Michigan. Say they lose it, and it comes down to the game against Wisconsin. For the division. See, that's the un- that that's the one to me that doesn't look like I still can't get past. I, I can't I I can't find a scenario where I've got Iowa winning that football game against the Badgers. Against the Badgers, I think that's fair. I mean, it's look just, what they've done so far. Over I mean, the, here's the thing: Can we well, let's revisit this on Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> because Michigan Wisconsin collide this yep. weekend. You know, it's an eleven o'clock game. Um, Unfortunately, because Iowa State plays at the same time, so that's where most. I mean, selfishly, I'm being selfish. Um, 
but yeah, this this Badger team looks really, really salty. And the only win Iowa has the last seven times was the slow scoring game where they got lucky. Right, Stave got his foot stepped on. Uh, Iowa made a play, forced a fumble, but they did. But still, it felt like the whole game long that Wisconsin was going to find a way to pull that. Better didn't even throw for a hundred yards in that game. Think about that. The Who's exceeded your expectations on this Hawkeye team? Because because to, to me, I got a guy, and I want to throw it out there. Who's who's exceeded expectations to you more so through three weeks than anybody else? I think the running back position, Makai Sargent, Makai Sargent, that's and my Tyler guy. Goodson. I think both of them. Yeah, though Goodson's been very limited. Makai mm-hmm. Sargent, Trent, he runs hard. He man. does. Tyler I didn't Linderbaum see like, last has, year. Has well, also, there's a good one too. He has exceeded my expectations, but I didn't see him last year, so I really didn't have expectations. I saw hype, and we heard a lot of Ton that, of and that's yeah. why I reined that one in. I said, "Come on, this is a redshirt freshman. Trent, he's nasty. <laughs> he is awesome. He is so much fun to watch. Jeez. If you're an offensive line fan, just key on him a couple oh. of times. You're going to enjoy it, big big time. Christian Welch has played really well. Yes, I he has. Defensively I agree. Too. That'd be the guy I'd say probably on that side of the football. I'd say that yeah. has exceeded the expectations. Thought Golston I had. was going to have some chances just and because he hasn't of... done a ton. Of course, we know Epinesa. The numbers are yeah. down. Middles played okay even with mm-hmm. the injury to Reef. Mm-hmm. Oja Moody has been. Ladmore's been good. Those first yeah. two didn't see as much of him. He didn't pop as much as he did the first two games. I say the offensive line played very well. They on did. Saturday night. Yeah. Never thought I'd say that. We got two good football teams. We do, we do. We got uh, Brian Walton coming on next week for the kicks, and those got a first place MLB team with two weeks left in the season, and we ignore them. We won't any longer. Cardinals conversation coming up next. Miller and Condon until noon is twenty five minutes after the hour at ten o'clock. We're on Des Moines Sports Station fourteen. First purchase and see how the season goes along. Des Moines Sports Station fourteen sixty KXNO. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO with you until noon. In about 15 minutes, Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News will talk some NFL football with Vinny Iyer, who's the one of the columnists uh, for the Sporting News. He was in Charlotte last week for the Thursday Nighter. Uh, Cam Newton not practicing today, so we'll watch that as the quarterbacks continue to uh, go by the wayside. Is Cam Newton the latest to join that group? Well, speaking of groups, there's a group of Cardinals that find themselves on top of the NL Central. They lead it by two. They've got seven of their final ten games uh, with... Those pesky Cubs are uh, going to be a hell of a race, Brian Walton. This is appointment TV, the final weekend of the season. Who knows how close it's going to be, but man, oh man, Cubs cards meant to be on that final weekend. How are you, Brian? I'm doing great, and hey, let's not forget about those Milwaukee Brewers. They're just a game behind yeah. the Cubs, and their 12 games are all against teams with losing records. So this is a three-way fight still. I Don't count those Brewers out. No, you're 100% right. You know what I did, though? I thought that you know once Yelich went down, I thought they'd get a little bit of a bump for a couple of days, you know, circle the wagons, everybody got to pick up the slack. You've heard of the cliches. I thought that would last for a while. It's lasted longer than I thought, Brian, and I'm with you. I, I um, Shame on me. I've got to put them uh, in the conversation. So this Cardinal team, Brian, and, and Trent threw out some unbelievable numbers with the starting pitchers. Do you have those in front of you still, Trent? Yeah. Listen the, to this, Brian. Over the last 30 days, it is Hudson 1.83 ERA, Flaherty 1.38, Wainwright 2.51, 2.36 for Walker. Mikolas has been the roughest, 4.18, and yet he's still 2-0. and over the last 30 days. But, Brian, here's the biggest thing to me, not just that these five guys have all been very solid, but that's it. 
it's been these five guys. No skipping turns in the rotation. No going out there and having bullpen games. These guys have been out there every single time over the last month. That's right. And, you know, since the Cardinals had that five-game losing streak, streak on the West Coast early in August, uh, the Cardinals have the best ERA in, in baseball. Mm. And when you throw the relievers in, the team ERA is under three. And that is the reason why the Cardinals have won 26 of their last 37 games. They're going to need those starting pitchers to continue to step up because, as we saw in the final game against the Brewers, the bullpen is not nearly as strong as it was earlier in the year. Some of these guys are getting tired. I watched the uh, Schultz postgame uh, last night. Boy, I mean, I know that y- Yadier Molina means so much to that team. Did you hear? He was just raving about his uh, soon-to-be one-day Hall of Fame catcher, and I understand why. It's fully deserved. But what a difference Molina means having him back in that lineup, truly the leader of this ball club. Yeah, and especially with a couple of young pitchers like Jack Flaherty and Dakota Hudson. You know, we saw that Hudson struggle the first month to the point some folks were saying, you know, he should be sent down to the minors. You know, he's got his sinker working well. He's confident he can throw it low in the zone and know that Molina will stop the ball. You know, we saw Molina throw out base runner. You know, he's just, he's just an all-around uh, strong season. His offense has picked up as well. He even stole his, his fifth base of the year last night. So, you know, Molina has been a, uh, has been, I don't want to say a surprise, but he's been, you know, very pleasant uh, success for the Cardinals this year as he gets into his late 30s. I want to ask you about looking forward to when we get to the playoff rosters and the way that's going to be constructed. Any of these young guys that have been coming up there doing some different things, maybe a defensive replacement, a speed guy, anything like Edmund. that on the roster that can help out? Well, I think, yeah, I think Edmonds at this point is really the starter at third mm-hmm. base. I think Matt Carpenter's the backup now. And yeah. Edmonds got a six game hitting streak. He's already stolen 13 bases so in fast. his first 80 games as a Cardinal which is the most since Ray Lankford was a rookie, which is almost 30 years ago. So Edmund's been a real nice shot for the offense. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's become now an everyday player. Yeah, Edmund last night. Do you remember that play? I think it was uh, uh, did Strasburg tried to pick him off at first base and the ball got the speed, Brian. My God, I, had, I didn't realize. I mean, I saw the stolen base numbers. I had no idea it was as fast as he is. Yeah, he's really uh, he's really a very speedy player, and he you know he had success in the minor leagues. What, what was always interesting about Edmund is he didn't he his success rate was always very very high. He maybe didn't steal fifty bases in the minors, but you look at his success rate eighty eighty five percent. He's an extremely intelligent player. He knows when to run and and when to be when not to. Uh, the they're getting it from the, it's more than pitching obviously last night it was Osuna's turn to you know to carry that offense he drove in all four of the of the runs uh, in the game yesterday home run early in the game and then uh, uh, didn't he double late in the game maybe uh, sixth or seventh inning I want to say but he drove in uh, every one of the Cardinals runs last night but it's you know it's a different guy right it's, it's it was his turn last night maybe it's DeYoung's night tonight to carry this team point being Brian is uh, it, these guys whoever needs to is stepping up and keeping this team in first place and the Cubs and the Brewers at bay. And they need, you know, they need their big guns. We saw, you know, what um, what their first baseman can do when he has a huge game, uh, you know, uh, seven RBI in one game last Friday night, as you said, then Ozuna last night, all of his RBIs were with two outs. And let's not forget, you know, a guy that's got a bad shoulder, you know, supposedly made a very strong throw to uh, erase a very important run for the Nationals at home plate. Um, you mentioned Paul DeYoung. He's not been playing as well recently, but, yeah, they could use him to come through as well. And so far, and Colton Wong, very quiet season. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't been he hasn't been thrown out in his last 23 steals. So a lot of guys are contributing, which I think is, is important. 
Carlos Martinez, he had to be uh, sent to the shelf and sent to the hospital uh, after a trip out to Colorado. Is asthma, respiratory issues, is that something you think is just going to always be a part of him? And, and when they make their way out to altitude, maybe something they have to watch closely? Well, this was the first time that there was any indication of a problem with him. So now he has medication. So, you know, most folks with asthma, uh, you know, and allergy issues, you know, with medication can manage them carefully. So I think the feeling is that while this was a a big scare, Mm -hmm. let's face it, anybody's going to be scared when he can't breathe, but (laughs) that this is going to be something that can be controlled. And, you know, we saw him come in just to face one batter last night and and look fine. So hopefully, you know, unfortunately, Martinez being unavailable might have cost him, you know, a game on Sunday, but... You know, he's back now, and it looks like he'll be okay, and they, they definitely need him. So fast forward to the playoffs. Which of those starters who Trent just went over has been so good? I mean, Miklas's ERA is as high, uh, higher than any of them, but he's not coming out. At least I don't think. Uh, Flaherty's got to be in there. Hudson's been terrific. Is Waka the odd man out, do you think? Because Wainwright's probably. experience? Yeah, pro- probably. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, you know, Waka's had an up-and-down season. He's pitching well now. Uh, but, you know, he's he's certainly the fifth guy in that rotation. You know, Wainwright's making noise about wanting to come back next year. And I oh, think is the he? Cardinals would, yeah, we, that the Cardinals would probably honor that. But uh, I imagine they'll sit down and, and talk about that at the end of the season. But, you know, Jack Flaherty's clearly the guy on top. Mm-hmm. And you can argue whether they would put the veteran Michaelis or or Dakota Hudson, uh, you know, next. But those guys are, you know, right in the top group. Then it's, you know, Wainwright and then probably Walk is the fifth guy. So I saw over the weekend Flaherty became the young, youngest Cardinal with 200 strikeouts since 1891. Jeez. Brian, you got any info there? Anything to help us? 1891, not really anything with that. But Flaherty, boy, what, what, how big of a surprise is this to you? How good he's been? Well, Freddie's a first-round draft pick, you know, so out of high school. So he's been known for a long time. But, it, you know, like a lot of guys, it took some time to develop. He had good years and bad years in the minor leagues. Or good years and, and I don't want to say bad years, that's not fair. But good years and not as good years. But, you know, once he got close to the majors, he really showed his stuff. And he's continued to mature. He relied on guys like Bob Gibson for advice, which is a pretty good, uh, pretty good strikeout pitcher himself. And, you know, he's now showing that maturity, even, you know, in games where maybe he doesn't get the best offensive support, you know, he continues to stay in there and battle. And he's a guy that looks like he's going to be at the top of that Cardinals rotation for a long time to come. Um, help us out, Brian. What, uh, so seven games left against the Cubs. Hamill's scheduled to pitch twice uh, in, the, in the seven games, and, and he's been awful. I don't know how Joe Madden can continue to go back to this well uh, because he's just he's not the same guy. He's, he's reached the end. What do you think that uh, you, you win minimum of two and you and you hold the and you win the division? I mean, what's it going to take? Assuming that you know that we hold serve, uh, that we get to the what is it Friday um, or Thursday, and that would be I think that's Hendricks scheduled to go against uh, Flaherty. Flaherty, yeah. Okay, so yeah, what do they need through. to do? Do they need to win two? They need to win three of the seven to feel good if you're a Cardinal fan. Well, I think the key is going to be this first four-game series, frankly. And the the matchups look like Flaherty and Hendricks. And, you know, Hendricks is really hot right now. Yes, and he's he always pitched well against the Cardinals. Yep. So that one, you know, you may get, maybe give the advantage to the Cubs. Friday looks like Waka and Quintana. And Quintana gave up five runs in the mm-hmm. third inning his last time out. You know, he you know that, that, one, that one's a coin toss. But I like the Cardinals' bullpen depth there. Saturday looks like Hudson versus Hamels. As we talked about, Hamels is running on fumes. Yep. Hudson's been pitching extremely well. And then the closing is would be Michaelis versus Darvish. And again, Darvish has been pitching yep. extremely well. So looks to me like Cardinals have a shot to win Friday, Saturday. And hey, if they hold serve and win two right. out of four and, you know, keep that two, 
two-run lead, assuming that's where they are going in the weekend. I like where they stand because we've seen the Cubs are one of the worst road teams in, in baseball. Mm-hmm. Their road record this season is uh, 413, and their last six games are on the road, including those three in St. Louis. Sure seems to me like they're going to be starting their uh, postseason in Atlanta. At least uh, it looks like that way right now. Brian, listen, well, let's lock you in same time next week uh, as we'll be in the final few days of the regular season. We'll talk Kex and O's MLB team, the St. Louis Cardinals, as they march uh, toward the uh, the Central Division crown. Brian, thank you. Talk to you next week. Yep, take care. Brian Walton, CardinalNation.com. Going to be tough, Trent, to catch him. I'm just reading about a three-way tie for the division title. What would it be? So teams are des- uh, designated A, B, or C. Okay. Three teams there. Club A would host Club B on September 30th. The winner would host Club C the following day. The winner of that game then would be the division champ. Now, you get a draft. Whoever gets that designation gets the first pick, has the best winning percentage against the other two teams. Mm-hmm. You can be. You can be the A team. Where you take on Team B on one day at home. Well, you get to choose. Team C, or you could pick to be Team C, not play the first game, but have to go on the road for the second game. Wouldn't we love to see this? Oh, oh, oh. oh my God, that would be great. Uh, it really would. It's not crazy. No. It's what not would crazy. you rather do? Have to win two games mm-hmm. or... Win Go one, on the road. But do it on the road. If you're the Cubs, you want to win two. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be part of it. I just don't. Hamill stinks right now. Uh, and they've got him pitching twice against the Redbirds. I don't see it. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Uh, Vinny Iyer, Trent and I are going to talk NFL. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Switch gears, talk some NFL, shall we? Boy, quarterback carnage. One of the stories the first two weeks of the regular season, Cam Newton is the latest to join it, as he is now questionable for his next game as he's missing practice with a foot injury. Vinny I was at the Thursday night game. He covers the NFL SportingNews.com is where you can read Vinny. Vinny Trenton, Ken in Des Moines. Thanks for coming on, Vinny Iyer. How are you? Good. I guess the foot did have something to do with it. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, some of the reporting and the information on injuries, I mean, Big Ben goes into that game Mm -hmm. with the elbow already being an issue, and then uh, things get worse for him there. So it's uh, not good right now. I mean, you're losing uh, starting quarterbacks like nothing has started with Andrew Luck in the preseason, and he's had Nick Foles and Sam Darnold and uh, Roethlisberger and Drew Brees and Oof. Cam Newton and who knows who's next. So if you've got a quarterback, uh, try to keep them under wraps here. So Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady. Hopefully these guys won't uh, fall to it as well as a Super Bowl winning quarterback. So speaking of the quarterback spot, the big news I, I think of this morning was the decision by the Giants to finally do what everybody felt was inevitable and that is replace Eli Manning. Daniel Jones, when the draft happened, of course, there was a a lot of frustration, certainly from Giants fans taking this guy from Duke at six, but here we are. The decision in the Eli era, how will you remember it? Well, I'll remember it is that it had a couple spikes there. We know what the spikes were. There were the (laughs) 2007 and 2011 playoffs where they were able to win two Super Bowls with Eli. Now, there's been some debate at some points whether he's a Hall of Famer, but I think that's faded. Uh, as we've gone uh, farther away from 2011, I think he had that potential there, yep. of winning two Super Bowls, but things kind of didn't work out. They tried different guys. Uh, 
Ben McAdoo and Pat Shermer and guys to kind of uh, fix Eli Manning. But I look at him and a guy like Philip Rivers right now and the way he's played at a high level and actually got better late in his career. And you look at the way Eli Manning's faded. So I think what you're going to do with Eli's respect that he was a really good guy for that organization. It takes someone that very special to handle the New York media and all the criticism that he got, but also just a classy guy. He never put people down. He's a good teammate. Uh, he's going to go out there and do his thing. He uh, doesn't show a lot of emotion. We know that, that, but that's also one of his strengths, that he just lets everything roll off him. And Good stand-up guy. I think we'll miss him. And now mm-hmm. we'll have to see. Is Eli headed uh, to the broadcast booth if Peyton is not? Uh, that's the one thing uh, I explored last year. If uh, Eli retired and it was a chance for Peyton to spend time with him, uh, would that maybe sway things and uh, interesting. change uh, some <laughs> things? So we'll, we'll see if that happens for sure. That's very interesting. I could see that happening. Uh, Vinny, help me out with this. What do we know after two weeks in the NFC North? Well, I think uh, you look at this division, and you have to say it is the best in the NFL right now. I mean, uh, the Bears have been a little disappointing with their offense, but their mm-hmm. defense is still pretty darn good. The Packers have been pretty complete here. They found a running game and defense to really help Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's overshadowing uh, Aaron Rodgers and his latest uh, coaching uh, spat, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, with the Matt LaFleur. I mean, it doesn't matter right now if you're winning and they, the Packers are not being – affected by all that, and I think that relationship's going to get better. So the Packers are clearly the best team here. Minnesota still have a lot of doubts. I, I know they want to go old school with the running game of defense, and it works when you have Dalvin Cook and all the talent there, but you got to get Kirk Cousins going at some point if you think they're going to compete in this division. So it's close now between these teams, but Green Bay, you have to say, upper hand, uh, getting the Bears and Vikings back-to-back, winning convincingly there with their defense. And you can't totally forget about the Lions. They are undefeated right now, mm-hmm. 1-0-1. So they're lingering around. They're, they've played some good defense out of the gate. Uh, their offense looks pretty good as well with on Johnson to balance things out and Kenny Galladay looking like number one. So you can't totally close the door on the Lions, who actually now do have a better record than the Vikings and Bears. Vinny, I was reading your power rankings over at SportingNews.com, and number one, Patriots, okay. Two, Kansas City, sure. Number three, how tough was it to figure out who you were going to put in that third spot? You went with the Cowboys. Was that easier, more difficult than you anticipated? Uh, not as hard for me because we did put the Cowboys in Super Bowl 54 and had them beating the Chiefs. So I do think they're mm. the best team in the NFC But to start with. I mean, the Rams have looked okay. They haven't looked as explosive offensively and think Defensively, they've had some issues as well. But you look at the Cowboys, two complete victories come out of the gate. You knew this was a talented team. And you look at teams like the Eagles and Rams and other uh, teams that are supposed to do things in the NFC. And you have to say that the Cowboys have put it all together as a returning playoff team. And I think to me is their offense has taken it to another level here. When Kellen Moore called the plays, we really liked him as a play caller going into the season that he was going to change the face of what we – Think of as the Cowboys' offense, and we've seen that. They're very explosive, can throw the ball downfield. They lost Michael Gallup. They put in Devin Smith, the former Ohio State star. He gets, comes in, makes a big play. Jason Witten doing things, scoring in the red mm-hmm. zone again. So this is just kind of a well-assembled Cowboys' offense. And uh, 
when you have a defense like theirs that plays the bend don't break, they're going to give up yards but not give up many points. I mean, it's a perfect uh, complementary system the Cowboys have going on. Uh, Northwestern grad Vinny Iyer is our guest here. It's Miller in Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KX and O. Vinny, uh, is it the league? How is the league? I guess looking upon what the Dolphins are doing, clearly, I mean they've just they're shipping out one guy after another. Um, nobody wants to be there. I understand that, but will the league? And there was talk after the last draft that maybe it's time to explore, not implement, but explore uh, bringing a a lottery to the NFL draft. You know how they love events. Can you imagine how big the television event would be of the NFL draft lottery on a Tuesday night of March Madness week or whatever it is? Um, Do you think that with what the Dolphins are doing, seemingly tanking, might speed this process up? Well, to me, the one thing is that NBA is a little different to me because Zion Williamson is a can't-miss prospect. LeBron James is a can't-miss prospect. There are guys that are taken number one overall that are pretty much uh, dominant uh, franchise changers that you get early in the draft. I mean, the NFL does have those, but you have no guarantee that Jared Goff is going to be what he is. Or Mm -hmm. Jameis Winston, (laughs) I mean, you Mm -hmm. look at that as being a disappointing number one overall pick of late. So. I think there's probably an equal disappointment rate as to living up to expectations of the number one overall pick. So there is that. And the NFL, it's really hard to tank because there are players that are fighting for jobs in the end of the season. So because the way the contracts are, there there is some motivation for some of the players to get picked up and kind of stay on their teams and maybe have some incentives and all that. But, I mean, you really can't control this right now. I mean, the Dolphins are – not really tanking, if you look at it. I mean, they're being smart and saying, okay, we're rebuilding right now. Let's acquire as many first-round picks as we can. If guys doesn't want to buy in and be here and want to see this thing through, no, we'll just move on with somebody else that will want to do that and get in on the ground floor with us. So I think we looked at the Raiders kind of doing the same thing. They wanted to get their type of players, blow up some of this and go in that direction. We've seen some of the results now. I think it's going to be a year or two before the Raiders get there. But I think you really can't say that Dolphins don't have a plan. It just the plan is we're going to be really bad right now and we're going to try to get a lot better. And some teams don't want to just accept we need to get a lot worse before we can improve. And I think at least the Dolphins, one positive note, they've realized that this mm-hmm. season. I wish Elway would. Go ahead, Trey. Vinny, the last six years, an 0-2 team has gone on to make the playoffs. Looking at this list, it's hard to find one, but if you had to take one, which 0-2 team is going to make the 2020 playoffs? Yeah, I mean, this one is definitely a tough Tricky. one. I mean, because this year, we I think we've seen pretty much everyone who expects that 0-2 down there. I mean, uh, you look at the Jets adding to that club, the Bengals, and the Giants and Redskins. I mean, if I had to go with one, they could maybe rally. We'll see what Mason Rudolph does, but I don't really have much confidence that it is the Steelers. I just don't see it. But I think they're the best of the 0-2 teams right now. That's not saying a lot, but I guess <laughs> that's something to hang on the Steelers here. But last year we did have two. I think it was the mm-hmm. Texans and uh, maybe the Seahawks for the other Correct. team yep. that started 0-2. So you look at that, So when you have an anomaly – that goes so against the percentage where it's only like 12%, and you have two teams in one year, 
usually bounces out the next year, so we're probably looking at zero in 2019. Biggest concern on the Kansas City Chiefs is what? I think it's still their defense. I mean, they're still a work in progress. They've changed their scheme. They're not the same pass rushing team this year. No more D4. They're trying to work in Frank Clark there. There's still a lot of questions on the back end of the Chiefs' defense. And uh, they're going to be fine against teams like the Raiders that simply are going to shoot themselves in the foot and make mistakes. But the schedule is going to get harder here, starting with Lamar Jackson this week. Looming there is uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. How are they going to fare against these explosive offenses? So this is a good test this particular week uh, with Lamar Jackson, uh, mm-hmm. the hottest quarterback, not named Patrick Mahomes, coming into Arrowhead City. Good stuff, Vinny. I appreciate it. By the way, your uh, your Northwestern Wildcats have home to Michigan State at Wisconsin, at Nebraska, at Ohio State, at Iowa. <laughs> Yikes, before you get to November. Vinny, we'll talk in the weeks to come. Thank you, Vinny Iyer. All right, thank you, guys. Good to talk to you.